right. Welcome back to Over Engineered, the podcast where we ask the very important question, uh, what's the absolute best way to do things that don't particularly matter? Uh, today, I am excited to have Aaron Francis to talk about personal websites, which I think is like, what a thing to get a chance to over-engineer, right? <laughs> That's like our favorite. Everyone, there's so many easy ways to build websites, but as developers, we sure don't want to do it the easy way, right? Yeah, they're all, all ways are terrible except the way that I have chosen to do it. So I'm ready, <laughs> ready to talk about this. Awesome. Well, I, I can't imagine that my my few hundred listeners don't know who you are, but do you want to give a, a brief intro just to to say hello first? Absolutely. I am. Uh, my name is Aaron Francis. I'm a developer educator at a database company called PlanetScale. So what that means is I end up making a lot of YouTube videos about databases. I'm also a Laravel developer and I make some YouTube videos about that. And most importantly, I am dad to four children now, which is an insane number of children. We just had our second set of twins and they're like, you know, three weeks old. So I've got a lot of coffee and I'm ready. Uh, I'm ready to over engineer. Nice. Well, I don't know exactly. This is, this is one. Usually these shows kind of come from a place of this is a thing I've been thinking about a ton and have, have sort of a starting point. But for this one, you, uh, you kind of came to me and said, let's talk about this mm -hmm. website stuff. So why don't you instead, usually I'll do the like setting the stage, but you want to set the stage and said like, yeah, when... sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm on a, you know, I'm, I do a podcast with Ian Landsman called mostly technical and it's barely technical, but it's a great name. And on the show, we were talking about my personal website setup and he told me I was overcomplicating it. And I thought, no, this is perfect. And you just don't understand. And so, you know, we had a nice argument about it. And then I thought, where can I talk about how overcomplicated this isn't? And I thought, <laughs> oh, boss man, Chris has a great show for this. So here's, here's my, like, I don't know, here's my thesis on personal websites. One, I think static site generators are too anemic and they like make you learn this whole new thing that is only useful for one particular use case, but it's also not that useful for that particular use case. And yeah, I have made extensive use of like Jigsaw, Titans Jigsaw, which I loved for a super long time, but I kept running into the boundaries and I kept wanting to, I, I just kept wanting it to be full Laravel. And it's just not, it's like, it uses some of the Laravel components, some of like the Illuminate packages, but I just sure. wanted it to be Laravel. And then I looked at like, you know, Nuxt, because I like Vue.js, so I'm not going to do something like, I don't know, Next or whatever, but I like Nut or I, I like Vue. And so I looked at Nuxt and I was like, am I really going to learn all of this just to make a personal website? And so that's when I landed on just make it Laravel. And then from there, you know, it kind of evolved into a, a whole thing. But I'll, I'll stop and let you let you respond to the static site generators or a waste of time. Yeah, I mean, I I agree wholeheartedly. I think, you know, I I I like I'm sure most developers have had many incarnations of my personal website over the years. And I I recently moved from a Gatsby site to which is I was just thinking about like 
Remember when Gatsby, no one could stop talking. Like no one was, everyone was talking about Gatsby. And yeah. I haven't heard Gatsby mentioned in, in years. Shocking, kind of right? Wild. Shocking that people have moved on. It's, it, Let's, you know. We'll have to revisit this when Astro, when Astro is dead, we can come back and be like, man, you remember Astro? Yeah, there you yeah. go. But uh, yeah, I had I had a Gatsby site and it was fine. You know, I think I think the fun thing about personal websites is that they're like, you know, a testing ground for new technology that you don't totally. necessarily want to move into production in like your your real job. So yeah, it's fun. Like all the things that seemed neat about Gatsby, I wanted to play with, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't gonna commit to using it anywhere else. So I don't I don't regret doing it, but. You know, about, I'd say about six months ago, I just like ran into a situation where it was going to be a pain in the ass to upgrade. And I just thought it's going to be easier to just rebuild this in Laravel than yep. it is to upgrade Gatsby and like fix this bug that I'm running into. So I'm just going to do that. And so I recently kind of made the same switch. I, I will say, and I, I decided to hold this until I had you on the podcast to say, uh oh, I totally I've agree with Ian. That, like, Oh uh, no! Bamboozled. You are, you are pr- uh, trying to say that you're just building a just Laravel app, but you're 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 kind of doing just because uh, your static site is SQL like doesn't up. mean that it's not a, a static. You're basically doing a static site generator. What a scam! What a scam! <laughs> I was induced under false pretenses. <laughs> Hey, I, didn't, I said I, I never said. Uh, yeah, it, you made me come on here by planting this idea in my mind. Okay, so here we go. All right, let's talk about my setup. For those that don't listen to the mostly technical podcast, it's a Laravel. It's a full-on Laravel application. I make heavy use of Markdown. So, like all of my, it's at AaronFrancis.com if you want to see it, but it's. It's, it's a standard like content website, right? And I make heavy use of Markdown to actually like write my blog posts and stuff. Um, I have a few Markdown plugins, which I have either written myself or installed. And I think they're, you know, fun and interesting. But at the end of the day, it's kind of Markdown. Then that gets pushed to GitHub. And in a GitHub action... I gather See, a bunch is, of this stuff. This is when you start to this this moment right here is when you, your argument starts to fall apart. When you uh, say, okay. "Oh, so in this... a GitHub action, I have to do all this this build step to, to okay. build so my here, site and push it to the web." This is what I don't understand about the argument that you and Ian are making. So, like, okay, forget the build step. Let's say I. So we'll we'll take a really concrete example. I have YouTube videos, right? And I want the YouTube videos to be on my website because it's like, Hey, this is, this is the central location. You can find basically everything I'm up to. YouTube has a great API that I can just call and like pull it down and put it somewhere. Okay. So that's what I do. I have a command that's called sync colon YouTube. So I run PHP artisan sync YouTube and it goes out to the API. It looks at all of uh, both the planet scale channel and my personal channel looks at all the videos and then puts them into a database. Pretty normal so far, right? Sure. Right? It's a standard yeah. Laravel yeah, app. Yeah. It, it, I run a command, and I write stuff to the database. Ah, that's normal. I could, I could ne'er be accused of that being overcomplicated, right? That's totally, totally normal. Okay, so 
PHP Artisan Sync YouTube writes stuff to the database. Oh, that's super cool. Let's see. PHP Artisan Sync Podcasts. What that does is that goes to um, three, maybe two or three different RSS feeds and looks for new podcast episodes. And it writes that to the database. It's like, oh, that's pretty cool. So now I'm like gathering my digital detritus from all over the internet and putting it on my site, which is the goal, like a a central place. So, uh, you know, I'm beefing up my site with all this external content. Oh, that's really cool. I agree. And so now I've got got these. Yes, thank you. I've got these, you know, I've got one table in the database just called content. It's like, this is the title. This is the URL. Maybe a description, maybe some ancillary data like view count and that sort of stuff. Okay, so I have another I have another command that's just PHP artisan sync articles. And that sync articles command, it just looks on the disk and is like, hey, let's just grab all the markdown and put that into the content table. So sure. it like looks through the articles folder, pulls all the markdown, looks at the front matter, and is like, what's the title of this post and when was it published? Great, I'll put that in the database. So now I've got this big table of neat stuff, right? And then the website, like the actual website, just pulls, using Eloquent, just pulls from that table and puts it in a giant list. And some things link externally and some things link internally. That's it. Yeah, I mean. Pretty good, right? I think, you know, I'm I'm partially just baiting you. I I, I do agree. Well, it's not working. I'm not mad at all. (laughs) But uh, he says as he he yells into the camera. (laughs) (laughs) I, but I, I do think I do think that I agree with Ian's kind of premise that the fact that this is all happening in like a build step. Well, no, we haven't gotten there yet. We haven't gotten there yet. I'm just well, setting up. I'm setting up okay, the premise. Sure. You don't know where this is going. You have no idea. <laughs> okay. All right. Then, then. So that's all reasonable, though, right? Pulling all that, that stuff is down. All perfectly reasonable. Yes. And writing it to a database. That's pretty reasonable. Yes. I mean, I. I so I do a similar thing with, with Markdown. And I think that that's like, I think that that's like a, if I were going to dig into how to make publishing personal websites with Laravel easier, the thing that I would look into is like what I think every developer wants is to just write in Markdown. Yes. And like, how do we make the ergonomics of getting that to be rendered on a site mm-hmm. better? I think that'd be an interesting thing to talk about later, but setting that aside, I mean... I have lots of thoughts on that, so we should circle back to that. Okay. Yeah, on on my end, I do the same thing, except for I just route directly to the Markdown files, right? Sure. So I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I don't necessarily even bother dumping that into a database. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that. Yeah, and for for the actual routing... I do the same thing. I just route to, and it just like, it uses the view. Like, it, I think it just uses, pulls the view and runs it through Graham Campbell's Markdown rendering engine. And that's basically, sure. that's yeah, basically yeah, it. Sure. I just put it in the, I put it in the database so I can have a list view. I mean, it's basically, at that point, the database is like a cache layer, more or less. So every request right. doesn't hit the file system to look for all the Markdown. It just hits the database instead. I could, you know, you could run that once and just do a cache remember for an hour or forever or whatever. Right. So yeah, totally, totally the same there. Yeah. And I think that's basically what I do on my end is like, it's just, it's just cached instead. 
Right. And so that leads us nicely to the next point. So I wrap up all of these commands into a PHP artisan sync colon all, you know, A-L-L, like sync sync everything. And that that command looks for all commands in the sync namespace that aren't all, and it just runs those commands. And it's like, great. Now that's, you know, filling filling the database up with all of the content that I could possibly need. It's idempotent, so I can just run it over and over and over, and anything new will get populated, but nothing old will get duplicated. So that that point, you know, I'm like, great, I've got a database full of stuff. Now the problem is I don't want to set up a database. So if you guys need a database, go to planetscale.com. That's great. Good databases, great databases. But sometimes you just don't need a database, right? You heard and it here, folks. No, 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 Mary don't Francis this, says no you don't clips. need databases. <laughs> don't clip this. If Holly ever finds out that I said sometimes you don't need a database, she's gonna be so mad. That's not true. Holly never gets mad. So sometimes you don't need a database, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. This is an instance where I'm like, you know what I don't want? I don't want a bunch of services running. This is my personal freaking website. I don't want to be maintaining a MySQL database. I don't want to be maintaining some third party API connection. Like, I just want to like package up a nice little ball of stuff and send it somewhere, which sounds dangerously close to a static site generator, right? So the solution to that is is SQLite. It's just like, it's basically as if I wrote it all to a giant JSON document and then committed the JSON document to the repo and shipped it off and pretended that the JSON document was a database. That's what SQLite is. It's just nothing. And so what the, the, the super nice thing that I do is I can sync all that stuff locally and then just commit everything, including the database.sqlite, and then ship that off. And I can ship that to any server anywhere. Now, I can't ship it to, like, GitHub pages because it still uses, you know, PHP to, like, it still uses Eloquent, which I really like. Sure. It still uses yeah. Eloquent to inspect the database. But I can ship that to a $5 DigitalOcean box. I can ship that to Vapor, which is what I do. And I just know that, like, I have a unit, which is a standalone, basically, zip of my website. And I just kind of send it away. And then I have all the content out there. So that that's the next that's the next step. Is it's basically, like, a pre-warmed cache just written to the database. Yeah, I mean, I think that I don't disagree... Or I actually think this is a very yes, no, elegant... no, stop there. I don't disagree. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'll even go further to say I think this okay. is a very elegant solution to the problem. <gasps> wow. I just think that it's it also doesn't feel like just it's just like a regular Laravel app. This this feels like a, a yeah, homegrown static yeah. generator that <laughs> I think uses that's fine. Laravel. I'm fine with that. Yeah, yeah, I think I'm fine with that. Yeah, I mean, and, that's... Yeah, and- I That's think the, point. the problem I think the problem I have with like let's let's take Jigsaw because it is in the Laravel community, right? Sure. And Jigsaw Jigsaw is great, and so I don't want to disparage it, but the I'm gonna tell you the, the problems that I have with it is I have to learn how the Jigsaw collections work and like how the Jigsaw markdown rendering pipeline works, which I have gone super deep on to make syntax highlighting work over there. And so I've I've really gone deep into Jigsaw and I know it extremely well. But at the end of the day, when I'm like, 
great. Now, how do I sync my YouTube feed to it? It's like, well, I would know, I would know immediately how to do that in Laravel. Like it's so, so easy, but with Jigsaw, you got to figure out, Oh, I got to listen to this after build before build. And I got to write my own pages and that's kind of blade, but it's not totally blade. And so I don't have a problem. I think with building static content, I think I just want to encourage people to think about using your framework of choice to build that static content instead of relying on some, you know, half, half framework implementation of that. Yeah. I I think, I mean, I think that this is a perfectly fine choice to make for building, like building a site of this, like of this type. And, uh, you know, I, I totally get, especially because you're shipping to vapor, like, you know, dealing with the database consideration is a little bit mm-hmm. more complicated there and just shipping a SQLite file solves that. And I, I think that's great. Yeah. I, I do still think that if you were to say, oh, my website is just like a regular old Laravel app, I would expect some of these things to happen just a little differently, right? I'd expect there to be a mm-hmm. MySQL database or a persistent SQLite database just sitting right. next to your app. And then right. I would expect basically all of these sync commands to just be running on a cron on the server, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And because you're using Vapor, that complicates a bunch of this, Correct. right? Mm-hmm. And the same, I mean, I, I deployed a fly.io and mm-hmm. I have to deal with a few of those considerations. Ephemeral well. stuff, yeah. Yeah. And so it's it definitely is. I mean, in my case... I just don't have a database, you know, right. it's just everything is driven directly either by the files or for the API calls that I make. It's just, just a, a lazy caching situation. Right. You know, the first person mm-hmm. who hits the site makes the API call and then everyone else just gets the cached version. Totally. And I would argue that like the spirit of what I think Ian was saying and the thing that like caught caught me as as sort of like yeah this isn't quite just laravel is that feels a little bit closer to just like just laravel the moment that you have like a an extra build step and you're like pushing your like built site somewhere it just feels you've stepped a little bit outside of the world of just i think the problem i think the problem that most people have with it is the read only it's the read only SQLite database that is not a right. standard that's not right. a common pattern because like yeah it, using, if someone came to your site came to your code base they would it would take them a little while to figure out what was going on there see i don't even know about that because it's like it uses proper eloquent models. It uses artisan commands. You know, it's it's discoverable in the database.php. It just says like the the you know the default connection is SQLite. It uses migrations. I think the thing that might take them a minute to figure out is why is PHP artisan sync colon all? Why is that not running every morning? Right? Right? Why is that not running at midnight right, in right. the scheduler? Like, right. how do we sync this content if it's never run? And I think that that's the thing where they would be like a little bit confused. And I think the other thing that would confuse, potentially confuse someone, but 
the other thing that would potentially confuse someone is that in production, the database is read only. Right. I mean, you can definitely write to it, but it's going to get blown away. And I think that might confuse someone, but there are no routes or actions or anything that like, there's no way to like, you know, leave a comment on AaronFrancis.com. And so there are no places where I'm writing to the database in production. But if somebody, you know, if, you know, some intrepid intern came to work for Aaron Francis Incorporated and they're like, I'm going to add commenting to your website. And it's really simple. I just post to this route and it writes to the database. I would have to be like, oops, that's going to disappear on the next deploy. Or honestly, whenever, you know, AWS Lambda decides this container is toast, then right. the, that comment would go away. And that yeah, that and part is weird. You could you could pretty simply just swap that out for a MySQL connection and totally no. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I absolutely I absolutely could. And at that point, like it is super standard Laravel. Like all Laravel applications have a deploy step, right? And my deploy step also happens to warm a cache, and that cache happens to be a SQLite database. Right. So it's like, meh, that's kind of weird. I could, you know, I could get rid of the whole SQLite database and just run these uh, API calls on the first request and then cache it in whatever Vapor's default cache is, like DynamoDB or something. And that would be maybe more normal. It just fills me with immense satisfaction to be like, I'm going to ship the whole website now. Here it goes. And I don't have to worry about, you know, the scheduler or the cron or anything. I actually turn those off in vapor, um, which saves me a number of pennies. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is kind of nice. I actually do want to deploy it to fly because this is 100% perfect for fly. Right. And that would be sure. fun. That would be fun to try out. Yeah. Yeah. So, t- okay. Talk to me about Markdown. What's I have I have it. some thoughts here, but let me hear what what's uh, what's your initial reaction there. I have grand plans for I have grand plans for Markdown and Laravel and static sites, honestly. Okay. And so I am working. I am working on making. I, I'm working on seeing this thought to completion of Laravel should be your static site generator, and I have a lot of ancillary things around that but that is that is the cohesive thesis of what i'm trying to like see to fruition yeah and at the core at the heart of that is markdown and so let's start with what is it called common mark i think is a php league package is it a php league it's by that it it's is by colin odell okay um common mark dot the php league.com so that that makes up like the main engine and then on top of that, I've got Graham Campbell's basically Laravel shim, not super necessary, but it like, you know, gives you some facades and it renders some blade engines and stuff, or it, um, I'm sorry, it registers some blade engines and stuff. So it's oh, kind of okay. nice, but the crux of the whole deal is league slash common mark. And, and that, it's, that ships with Laravel now, like you can do string markdown and it just will give you HTML. yeah i don't know who powers string markdown it's it might same. be league it's, yeah, it's the same thing yeah it's the same yeah. mark engine yep yeah so it's super duper good i have a few qualms with it in that they follow all of the best practices and that annoys me a little bit like <laughs> yes it's a everything is final figure everything is private there aren't like 
I've had to break in. I've had to use that invade thing where you like use reflection <laughs> to change properties. And I felt 0% yeah. bad about it. Um, but it's very, very good. It's a great package. So that makes up like the core of the rendering of Markdown like engine. But then on top of that, I think there are a lot of things. Um, there are a lot of things that you can add to Markdown that meet your specific use cases. So for example, one is um, blade rendering, right? So you're writing a Markdown file and you want like this special blade component that you have. Like I have one for a YouTube embed. I have one for a Twitter embed that like makes the tweet look really nice instead of like um, giant the way that the real embeds work. And when I'm writing Markdown, I want to just like, I just want to use my blade component. And there are a couple yeah, ways sure. that you could do that. You could, and I think this is dangerous. You could run blade render over the Markdown after it's been turned into HTML, right? So you can write raw HTML in Markdown. That's not a problem. But if you run blade render over HTML that you don't control, that possibly includes valid blade inside of a code block, yep. you're going to be hosed, right? Yeah. So if you're writing yeah, an article very about... Scary. Yeah, if you're writing an article about Laravel and you have some valid PHP in there and then you run blade render over it, like, oops, you're toast. <laughs> um, especially yep. if you're using that on user-generated content, which I would never recommend doing. Right. So I've written a blade a safe blade component parser compiler. I've written a, a, an extension that like looks through the code blocks on my page. And after, you know, some random number of code blocks, it puts a little ad for Torchlight underneath the code block. It's like, hey, this syntax is highlighted by Torchlight, a service that I created. I have a few of those like, I have one that I'm working on right now that'll insert like a newsletter sign up, you know, 75% of the way down the page. And so mm, it just kind cool. of like, you can encode some best practices into your rendering engine. And then like, let's say you're launching a course or something. You can swap out your newsletter sign up for like an in-house course ad across all of your articles at once by going into this little markdown extension and saying like, oh, the thing I'm promoing right now is not the newsletter, it's this thing. Sure. And so yeah. there's there's so many things that I think once you understand that you can break into markdown and get access to the abstract syntax tree and just like kind of walk around and look at stuff and do stuff, then you can really start to take your like your markdown rendered content. So you still get the authoring experience that you desire, but you still get the outcome of like, no, I'm using, it's not just, it's not just tailwind pros. I'm using like blade components and embeds and MailChimp signups. And that makes your site like do the thing that you really want it to do. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely feel like the thing about Markdown is it gets you 80, 90% of the mm -hmm. way to what you want. And yes. the getting that other 10, 20%, there's not like a good sort of canonical approach to that yet. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've seen there are various, there have been a bunch of different attempts to do it, either, you know, extending the Markdown syntax directly, mm -hmm. or like mm -hmm. you said, just embedding blade components in your markdown or you know i've looked at just like having sort of a fragment sy syntax where i can be like right here pulling this 
other blade file, you know, and just just totally. render the blade, you know, or there's a bunch. But all of those, I don't know. I I've never got the ergonomics of that right because mm-hmm. there's like most of the time, like I want to just do an inline code block if, yes. I'm, if I'm doing like a code example. But every once in a while, an inline code block is not enough. But like finding that balance, I don't know, that's always been a pain. And then ha- have you solved the indentation problem? Because <laughs> that's like, yeah. it's not that hard to solve, but that was the thing that I need, like I needed to do first was, uh, you know, even in Laravel, like the the markdown renderables where you have to like keep everything aligned to the left column. Have it left or you're going to blow it up. Yeah. God, that drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah, that drives me nuts too. And that's one of the frustrations with um, trying to write non-markdown in a markdown file is like you write some pretty HTML that's indented correctly and it turns the inner part into a code block. And you're like, F, like, I don't want this to be a code block. This is actually code. Right. And so the way the way that I solved that, one of the solutions for rendering markdown in in no i'm sorry one of the solutions for rendering blade in markdown that i like wrote an extension for i think is kind of neat you you open a code block and you say that this code block is you know html or blade if you're you know your editor supports blade syntax highlighting but i just say that it's html and then i write all of my fancy html and i get syntax highlighting inside of markdown because markdown knows this is a code block i'm going to yep. i'm going to highlight it as html and then so, you know, you do three backticks and then you write HTML and that's, that's the language identifier. Okay. What I can do after that is do a plus sign and say literal, or I can do a plus sign and say, I think the other one is like blade and my markdown rendering engine will either put that HTML literally in there or it will run blade render over that code block and input it. And so yeah, that way I have, I have an escape hatch that's like, oh, shoot, I'm about to write some indented you know, blade or I need this blade component to run or whatever. So I just open a code block and say, this is like literally blade or like parse is maybe the other word. Parse this as, as blade. And it, it does it. And it doesn't put the code block in, obviously. It puts the contents of that code block in. Yeah, that's a great solution. I feel like <clears throat> the, I've gone the opposite direction where my files are blade files and then I have like an X markdown component and it's, it's not, it's not perfect. I like, Mm -hmm. I like being able to mix like a full, like I, I, I like being able to just fully hop out of the markdown context as many times as I need to and just like write full blade views. But, you know, I've been able to sort of trick the ID into understanding those markdown syntax, but it's not, it's not ideal. Yeah. You know, I like, I, I can see the benefit of doing it the other way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I like doing it the other way around because PHP Storm's markdown editor is, is pretty good. Yeah, it's great. And it's code highlighting within a markdown code block is pretty good. And so I right. feel like I get the best of both worlds there. And then whenever I render an article, it, it renders inside of like a proper, you know, blade layout. And so for the ancillary stuff, 
I just, you know, I throw all of my blade all around, you know, like the, the table of contents I render with like Alpine and blade and stuff, but like the actual content, it just takes the markdown, renders it and plops it in. And right. then I do all the framing in like real full on blade layout file. Now, do you do much with front matter or do you just kind of leave the bit. title and that's a it? little bit? Yeah. So let me open it now so I can tell you which with front matter I have recently, you know, it, it runs that uh, sync articles command. And so if we mm-hmm. open, yeah, it's not very much, which is good. I have an ID, which is just a UUID that I generate with Raycast. So I just open Raycast and I type UUID, hit enter, and that becomes the unique. Yeah, that becomes the the unique uh, ID for this file. That's what makes it, you know, this idempotent. Sure. I don't base it on sure. path or title or anything like yeah, that. Yeah. So I have a UUID as the ID. This is all in the markdown. Title, date, description. And then an unimplemented tags list. So like I'll, I'll tag the articles, sure. but I haven't, I haven't actually done anything with that, but I do tag it as like Laravel or personal or something like that. Sure. But that's it. The path is based on the location on the file system. So it's, um, let's see, resources, views, articles, and then the year 2023, and then the name, like the actual file name. And so I don't have to do you know, there's, there's an argument to be made that like, I may want to generate, I don't know, I may want to generate URLs differently, but right now it's just straight to the file system for that. Mm-hmm. And I can optionally, this one doesn't have it. I can optionally specify an OG image um, tag or an OG image path, but this sure. article doesn't have an OG image. Yeah. Yeah. I worked, well, we talked about this ages ago. It's still, it, it never went anywhere, but Mm-hmm. You know, Laravel.com is built using a lot of this same, yeah. these same basic principles. Same, same hodgepodge and, um, system, basically. Yeah. 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 And uh, the OG images is definitely a tricky Devastating. thing to figure yeah. out. I feel like I came up with a decent approach to it, but it is, it's a big buy-in. And it requires like, a service or a server or something. Yeah, you to need run. a node process to build on. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the one things thing, I'm hoping to solve with this unnamed, well, it's named, but I'm not sharing the name. This unnamed, you know, Laravel static site thing is like best practices, like OG images, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. One thing that um, we just did, so, you know, I, I, I implemented the uh, the verbs docs a couple, like a month ago or whatever. Mm-hmm. And one thing, one thing that I really wanted to see happen was, um, and I, and I basically just shamelessly stole this from Caleb with the LiveWire docs, like the idea of just having markdown files in the main project that like when you're contributing a feature or updating a feature, you can also just like include the documentation in your your PR. I think that's really nice. And one thing that he did that I, I approached a little differently, but I thought it was an interesting decision was instead of having like front matter in the individual docs files, mm-hmm. he had like a single, he has a single, I think, navigation.mde file yep. that is basically just like an empty markdown file that's all front matter. Mm-hmm. I opted to just have a navigation.json file. Yep. And <clears throat> I think that maybe the difference is for docs that feels like a better trade-off rather than 
having to like crawl the markdown files and build like the navigation from the front matter. And it gives you a little bit more control over like, you know, this, this, uh, file is going to be called, you know, quick start or whatever, but like the path might be like getting started or something like that. Like you can change those things. Yeah. For the, um, I need to actually update all of this. Um, but for like the sidecar and the airdrop and all these open source repos that I have worked on, they're yeah. all pulled onto the hammerstone.dev website, which is, I need to pull that onto my personal website, but they use a, um, a system, you know, that I obviously wrote from scratch, um, like everybody else does. And it uses a similar idea. It uses a manifest.json. And mm-hmm. so all of the docs sit alongside the code, which has been helpful because people do make pull requests and they update both the docs and the code. Um, but the manifest.json just dictates like where the files are, what their pretty names are, how the sidebar should kind of look like this yeah. group has a header of like, you know, Lambda or, you know, deploying to whatever. Yep. And so there I can just, it's really nice when you've got 50 docs pages to have one. It's kind of like your routes, you know, your web.php yeah, exactly. routes. Like you want to just go one place and be like, all right, I got to move some docs around. Let me do that. Instead of being like, F, I got to open all these files and change, you know, this dashed two words to a more clever one word that I came up with. And that's, a, that's a real pain. So yeah, I like the navigation.json manifest.json for specifically for docs. I find that really helpful. Yeah. And I mean, even worse would be like, you have to go in and, you have to change the slug and then you also have to change the like group ID and like yes. subgroup ID or something like that across 30 files. Yeah. Nah, I'm not doing that too old for that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, so, okay, here's, here's the real question. Like, Oh, I, 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 I totally see the like, Oh, I figured out a good way to do this. I want to turn it into a, a nice package for people. Yeah, we've all been bitten by that, haven't we? <laughs> Is anybody going to use it, right? Because the whole point yeah. of a personal website is, well, I'm going to do it my way. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So I hope so. I think so. So the the thesis that I'm working with is everyone wants to do it their way, but I can I can give you a skeleton that can let you do it your way a lot faster and a lot better. Mm-hmm. And so then, you know, my my theory is if I if I do a lot of the heavy lifting of all right, I'm going to set you up to write markdown extensions and I'm going to ship, you know, with a mailchimp and a convert kit embed ready to go and then you can just kind of tweak it however you want and you can put it you can put it wherever you want that kind of stuff. Um I'm going to ship with um OG an OG image generator that you can then you can then muck around with, right? I think that's going to be compelling enough to people for people to like download it, try it, and hopefully, hopefully enjoy the authoring experience that they get to authoring faster. I think there's always going to be a subset of people that say they're updating their personal website because they want to write, but really don't want to write at all. And like right. those people... I'm fine. I'm fine with them tinkering. Like if your goal is to tinker, just tinker. Like don't, don't lie to yourself about <laughs> oh, I really this year, 2024, I really want to start writing. Like, I don't know. I think writing, I think publishing obviously is, is good for your career, but if you just want to tinker, just go tinker. 
and so I think there will be a subset, you know, just, you know, lots of people use static site generators. So I think there will be a subset of people that are like, I use Laravel. I want to use Laravel, but I want to have a site that I can deploy to GitHub pages based off of Laravel. And th- that, that's what I'm hoping this will fill. Oh, okay. So you're talking about going full static site generation. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be dealer's choice. Like you could do it my way or you could do it full on generated. There could be a full build. Yeah. Interesting. What have you, have you come up with a good approach to like images in your articles? So I feel like that's, that's another thing that I keep on finding. I want to, yeah. Like I wish, I wish that I had the authoring experience of like a GitHub gist, right? I just want to drag an image or a video file into my markdown and yeah. just have it work. Yeah. And uh obviously I can't do that in my IDE. Right. And it's not that hard, but it's it definitely is a a point of friction. Like I don't include images in these as much as I probably could. Yeah. Just because it's a bit of a pain. Have you thought about yeah, that? I have, yeah, I have a couple solutions for that and then I have one that I think I'm aiming for. So my current solutions are one is I walk the markdown tree looking for images and update the URLs to be, you know, vapor does this thing where it gives you like this cloud front front distribution URL. And so you kind of have to use their asset helper. And so I just walk the markdown tree looking for images and I run the asset helper over it and it like makes it right. The other is I have a route in web.php that is slash asset slash star. Yep. And anything that goes to slash asset slash star gets redirected to the asset helper with the trailing wildcard. Mm-hmm. And so that's helpful for me if I'm like, let's say I'm linking to somewhere. So like when I set up uh, on Twitter, there's a way that you can set up like, you have products on on your Twitter profile. And so I set up screencasting.com as a product and it needed a URL for an image. And so there I just link to, you know, screencasting.com slash asset slash logo.png. And then on the server, it redirects to like the long uuid.cloudfront.whatever, whatever. So those are the two solutions to like, one is you walk the document and you change the URLs. The other is you just have a really stable URL that actually does a redirect. I think for this solution that I'm working on, there will be, and I think I'm going to call it Airlift because I have AirDrop, but I think there will be a, a corresponding package called Airlift that takes your public assets and puts it into S3 so sure. that you can just like, you can just reference your images like uh, with the root of your website being the root. And then yeah. the markdown on the other side comes out to it references the S3 bucket, or if you want to put a vanity name in front of that, you can, but basically sure. I'm going to airlift your assets out and put them on S3 for you. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. I like the name too. That's a good name, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even like you may, I don't know if you can pull it off, but you may be able to, cause like at least with PHP storm, you can, you can write one of those helper files that says like when you're auto completing this property, like Mm. it's a file name in this path. 
So you oh, might cool. even be able to like get some IDE support if you publish one of those files with the package, which would be kind of cool. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's cool. I'll yeah, we do that, that with like, you know, we do, uh, we're, we're working on a, a Stripe feature that's got a lot of snapshot tests in it. Mm. And like, there's just like 30, 40 snapshot files. Um, that not snapshot tests is not right, but it's just like we've basically snapshotted webhook payloads from a yeah. like a manual test run and and we build a test around those. And uh yeah, it's just like a nice quality of life thing to just have like a you know, this arrow stripe snapshot and then it just auto completes from there. Yeah, that's cool. It's a it's definitely a cool little feature. Okay. So what uh are there any other like things that you feel like really need to be solved for this yeah to be viable i think i think deploys need to be a single command so like i think where it breaks down is people are like oh i'm gonna build you know my gatsby site and then i gotta figure out how do i get it on cloudflare pages how do i get it on github pages how do i get it on netlify so every one of those is going to have a first party driver that's like, I just deploy it to, you know, GitHub pages. So it's just mm-hmm. like artisan deploy colon GitHub or whatever. Sure. I think that's one. And then based on the providers, it's also going to write, it's also going to write edge. If it has edge, uh, it's going to write edge middleware to do redirects. And so that's another one where people are like, all right, I got my static site. Now, how do I do a redirect? And you're like, I right, don't know, yeah, man. Like, sure. you could use meta refresh or whatever on your HTML. And like, that's a last, last resort, but that's kind of grim. But with, you know, Vercel and Cloudflare and Netlify, you could just write an edge function that looks at the incoming and maps it and redirects to the outgoing. And so, like, if you go to, I think it's aaronfrancis.com, aaronfrancis.com slash Twitter. That takes me, yep, that takes you to my Twitter. And so there's vanity stuff like that, but there's also like, "Ah, I changed some URLs to old blog posts and I need to redirect those. And so there will be a way um, as you're deploying, redirects are just going to work out of the box. And whether it's fancy with an edge function or lame with an HTML file with a header that says refresh, that kind of depends on the platform, but that's one of those things where it's like the last mile of static sites is kind of like figured out yourself. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's very cool though, to be able to just like have a, a driver based approach. That's just like, okay, for this, we can write just a, a edge function. That's just a template where you dump in yeah. a bunch of the, the from and to, and then if you are on a platform that doesn't support it, you know, we're going to write an HTML file at least that has yeah. a refresh. Yeah. 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 That's neat. I was going to say, yeah, you know, I feel like one thing that I don't see talked about a whole lot in the Laravel world, or at least the, the, the world of Laravel that I'm in is mm-hmm. SEO. You know, mm-hmm. like I don't, I don't feel like there are tons of like, really establish patterns for SEO in Laravel. And I, I don't know, this is coming, I definitely came up in the era of like doing stuff for SEO that in hindsight was maybe uh, <laughs> questionable. Ah, you were a gray hat, huh? <laughs> but, but, you know, 
back in the early 2000s mm-hmm. like sure 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 the, the concept of yeah. that yeah a gray hat was not necessarily even a thing it was just like mm-hmm. oh yeah sure we'll buy sure i have a private blog a network thousand of I do. domains and 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 also pay for a thousand in independent ip addresses and then you know connect them all yeah, together. what yeah, no could problem. be wrong with that yeah exactly <laughs> that seems totally above board <laughs> uh, it worked for a long time i mean i still yes I, that's a different metric yeah. though <laughs> yeah it it worked as a different metric <laughs> my business partner used to put like he knew i had yelled at him so many times but he'd just like sneak it in he'd like put text in white at the bottom oh, of the page. Brutal. It's like, yeah. Nick, you got to stop this. Come on. <laughs> like, yeah. That's full on black hat. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I feel like SEO and HTTP caching are two areas that like, especially for a static site solution where, you know, the, the nature of the content is going to be like a more like public facing content website. Yep. You know, those things really matter. And I, I feel like there are a lot of opportunities for, you know, just better, better systems to make it easier to do the right things in those places. Yep. How much are you thinking about those two pieces for this, this thing you're working on? Yeah. I mean, a little bit, I think a huge part of SEO that we don't, you know, all of us don't talk about very much is having it be super duper fast and basically static, you know, you get that for free. Sure. You know, anyone that's running their marketing, the marketing side of their website on something like inertia JS, I think is, is a little bit um, misguided. If you're using, if you're using Livewire for your marketing site, that's great because, you know, to the search engine, that's just HTML, but you know, Google can parse JavaScript now. So it's not, you know, it's not stupid. Well, I just think, sort yeah, of. exactly. They, they it's not stupid, but it's not very good now. at it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Even even inertia has its first party server side rendering stuff, right. and so yeah, I'm thinking I'm thinking about that a little bit. I'm not I'm not going down the SEO rabbit hole, but because it is you know standard Laravel, you'll have full control over your meta description and your headers and your tags and all of that stuff. And I think it'll be it'll be interesting to see where that portion of it evolves. Um, but having it be fast and well structured with the appropriate cache headers, you know, it's gonna get a lot of stuff for free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean with static sites, how much control do you have over cache headers? Like I don't know that you have a lot pretty platform I'm... specific. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, for so like with Cloudflare, you, you could say you could say cache everything everywhere all the time. Mm-hmm. And that might be like, that's what I do on my site. And then on deploy, I just tell Cloudflare, Hey, blow away the cache. We're going to start over. And so right. there are options. There are options like that. And that's really nice for me. Cause I don't have to think about uh, what's the E tag on this. Like has right. this, con- when was this content last updated? It's just like, ah, I mean with, with no cache whatsoever, it's still pretty fast. And so I don't mind, blowing it away every time and telling Cloudflare, all right, build right. it back up. I just don't care yeah. about that. Yeah. I, I definitely think that there, I mean, and this is something we have an internal tool that we use for some of this stuff that I, you know, one of these days I want to open source, but like, yeah, just, 
generating e tags, like returning, uh, you know, content not changed re- uh, responses. Yeah, you know, doing caching, stale wall revalidate, like all that stuff. Like, yeah, there's not. I mean, let set aside Laravel. There's not. I don't feel like there's a single canonical resource for like HTTP caching headers anywhere. You know, no. like even understanding the difference between like the cache control header and like yeah. the last modified header and like yeah. which one do you use? And Cloudflare doesn't even support stale while revalidate. Okay. Yeah. Which yeah. sucks. Like they've they've said, you know, for a long time they're gonna support it, but there's no there's no SWR with Cloudflare. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, we don't use Cloudflare. Flare. I, you know, I use it for some personal stuff, but I, yeah. I haven't dug very deep into what they what they handle. Yeah, yeah, that just feels like a thing where you know, just like getting it's it's it really comes down to like the DX, like the ergonomics of it. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's the there's the education piece of like knowing what to do around SEO or knowing what to do around caching, mm-hmm. and I think that's a huge that's a huge piece too, but just like, I don't know, there's not, there, there are not easy ways right now to do a lot of these things. And, in, 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 you know, in, in our case, like I know for a while we would like wrap up the response, like instead of just returning the view, we'd have to like grab the view, render it, wrap it in, like wrap it in a response object and then set like the headers on the response object. Yeah. Uh, if you wanted like fine grain control over those headers or else like you're doing it at a middleware level, which is fine, but then, you know, it's a little bit more brute force. Yep. feels like there are a lot of opportunities there. Yeah. Yeah. And there's one, there's one kind of gnarly gotcha with Livewire, the way that it does something related to the back button, unless you, oh, yeah. unless you disable some Livewire feature, it forces like, no cache headers on everything um oh interesting because otherwise it like uh the back button remembers the wrong thing or displays the wrong thing or something um yeah so i ran i ran into that one at one point too so yeah there's there's a lot there's a whole lot around caching that we don't super talk about and that frankly i don't really understand um which is why i really kind of like my my crude blunt force like cache it all blow it all away cache it all blow it all away yeah, and for a static site generator, that's like a super appropriate yeah. take. You know, that's, that's like a yeah. really nice that's a that's a nice approach. Yeah. Yeah. I I years ago I worked on the Livewire like history state stuff. Oh and yeah. That is a dark, dark yeah. like horrible place to be. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, it like sometimes doesn't contact the server. It just pulls the page right out of the cache or something. And yeah, it's it's a mess, right? There's, I mean, in theory, it's it feels pretty straightforward, but there are so many browser-specific gotchas and there's right. like a bunch of like storage limitations and like you need to make sure that you're pushing and popping things on and mm-hmm. off the state in a way that feels appropriate. Because you know, I, I still, this is, this is the thing that I'd still love to see Livewire do is like, you know, you can do the query string based routing, but I yeah. think that you should be able to do just full URL routing with Livewire where you, just, you know, it actually just changes the URL. But yeah, we spent 
probably two weeks uh, working on it and built the whole feature and it was great, but it was just like, uh, you know, Caleb was not confident enough in it to be like, yeah, this is, this is good to go. And it was, it's, you know, I hate, I hate these moments in programming where you're just like, I know this is not good enough, but I don't know what, like, I don't know I, what would need to happen for me to feel comfortable about it. You know? Yeah, I know. I hate that too. <laughs> yeah. Well, is there, we're, we're right at an hour. Is there anything else that, uh, you were thinking about with this, uh, with this secret project of yours? I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I, I definitely I have any secret projects. <laughs> I, um, I definitely feel like, you know, when I was setting up my, my personal website, just building it in Laravel felt mostly fine, but I bumped into all this stuff. I definitely, yeah. I definitely feel like having a really good, and, and I would love to see this be a, you know, a package that you could pull into anything like mm-hmm. really good markdown support that like yeah. handles a lot of these cases and just has a bunch of like really best practices built in. I love yeah. the idea of having those like interpreted code blocks. I think that's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, that's very cool. And I mean, I don't know, just getting Markdown to output like decent tailwind yeah. classes. It's kind of a pain, you know, going back to the, the way that, the common mark class is configured. It's like, yeah, oh, I have to register all these like you gotta register options. so much freaking crap. Yeah, yeah, and it's all just like an, an array with like magic keys everywhere. Yeah, it's yeah. So like being able to just ship like a Tailwind plugin that just yep, renders everything exactly. as like Tailwind pros, but like you know, because <laughs> you need a little more than just pros. Yeah, um, you need you need to modify pros blocks. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so code blocks is going to be a big one. Having Tailwind, you know, I think there's going to be like a core package, kind of the way that the Laravel framework works. There's like a core Laravel, and then there's a starter, like there's the Laravel framework where you start right. your project, right? right. And so I think that's going to be how it works. Is there's, there's going to be like a core package that does a lot of the heavy lifting, and then there's going to be a composer create, you know, new project that has like tailwind already installed and set up and all of the stuff that actually lives in application land but i want to get people started on the right foot that kind of thing right yeah that makes sense i feel like that you might even be able to like tap into the whole like composer new right the the same way that you start a new Laravel project with just yeah new. yeah I think yeah. you can I think you can just register it somewhere with Packagist to say like yeah. this is a this is a creator starter kit project template whatever it is yeah that's very cool sweet anything yeah. else so stay tuned for that <laughs> anything else fun that you've been up to that just I mean is so is, is there anything other than babies. <laughs> Yeah, that's the tough part is, uh, you know, I am on paternity leave right now, so I do have less planet scale work to do, but I also have two newborns, so I have a lot more yeah, home life to do. I've been playing with Pulse quite a bit, and Pulse oh, is yeah. very, very good. Yeah, it seems you know, very I started, cool. 
I started working on a like community site and then got just totally pwned by babies. And Matt Stauffer came along and was like, Hey, what if I did some of it? And he's just done so much of it, which is awesome. Awesome. But yeah, doing that, recording some videos, I want to record a video on this, this markdown rendering stuff. And, um, I'm building out a fathom analytics pulse card, which I think is going to be kind of fun. Yeah. So yeah, just doing like one of the great things about paternity is you can just kind of just do random crap because you don't have to like see these long running projects through like at work. I don't have to be like, all right, let me plan my next six weeks of content and like do my research. I can just sit down and be like, all right, I got an hour. I got an hour and maybe actually I only have 30 minutes because someone might wake up here in a second. So what do I want to do? And that's kind of Let's just tinker with something. Yeah, it's a very uh, it's a very free flowing creativity kind of time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we need to catch up on verbs too. I I still feel like I need to convince you that uh, event sourcing is is uh, a good path for some. Hey, for some things. I'm I'm still you give me you give me a you give me like a solid um, setup and use case. I'm still willing to give it an honest go. So yeah, yeah. we we yeah, need yeah. to do that. No, uh, Daniel and I were talking about. It. We'll we'll follow up later, but. Uh, that's been a fun, it's been a fun, it's been a fun thing to, to been working on. It seems, um, it seems to have been well received. Do you feel that that's the case? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we're still, we're still very much an alpha and I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that are just like, we're trying to figure out cause it, you know, the, the, the whole vibe of verbs is just like the ergonomics have to be perfect, right? Like Correct. we'll, we'll write some horrible, terrible code so that like the, the, so that I don't have to API is great. Yes. And you know, there are a few places, especially around testing where like, we're, you know, we're very aware that it's not where it needs to be yet. Mm. So right now there's just like a handful of like true heads in there. And it's, that's been really fun though, to have like, you, you have you a know, few people that are like, yeah, we've got like, a little, in like a discord, discord or something. Group. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. And, you know, people are coming in with real questions and working on real little, you know, either like test projects or, or, you know, I know that Daniel's working on a a production thing in verbs already. So cool. I I think it's, it's pretty much good to go. It's mostly just like the main API is there, but all the little things around that we're still kind of landing on, you know, but yeah, no, that's been great. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you for uh, hanging out. I feel Thanks like uh, we've, I don't know that we've solved the problem of personal websites, but I, it's I, I think that like, you know, we've touched on all the major, major points at least. And we had some fun, which is, which is maybe the real journey is the fun we had along the way. Right. There you go. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. All right. Sweet. Well, thanks for hanging out. Yep. See you next time.